following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Mick Schott, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And here it is, a fabulous Friday, fabulous football Friday edition of Mixed Shots as we get you ready for the big weekend. And, oh, Mickey has looked so often every year forward to going to our nation's capital to watch the Cowboys play the Washington football team. And, Mickey, you can't do it this year. You are staying home this year instead. Yes, yes. Just like most of the rest of the media as well. That's one of the hardships of this uh, pandemic that we're in right now. There's Everson Walls with a beautiful shot of Everson behind him at his homestead as well. But, Mickey, I know that you miss your annual trip to Washington, D.C., don't you? You know what? Watching the game on television will be a better view than watching from the press box at FedEx Field. It's the absolute worst view in the National Football League. We're, we're not very high, and we're basically in the corner of the end zone. That's so right, the, that's right. Once the ball gets past the 40-yard the line, you can't, you can't have no depth perception whatsoever. You can't have no depth perception whatsoever. Double negative, Rob. And you know what? I, I, I would do I would do a triple negative if I could have figured it out. Was uh, was RFK better? Uh, at least you were at the fifty yard line, but you were outdoors, so the the, the press box was open air, and uh, um, that's right. And, and there wasn't any room. So I remember distinctly the 1989 game when the Cowboys hey, won their only game only up there. I got my only interception that game of the year. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> what was it? What was it like? Thirteen, thirteen to three, or something yeah, like yeah. that. It was thirteen to three. Steve Walsh. Were they? Were so they? Uh, we were so. Champions? I, I believe, believe they, they were. Super Bowl champions. Yes. But they were struggling that year. Oh yeah, uh, and and it was a it was a Sunday night game. So of course the only game the Cowboys win, we were on deadline. But we were so cramped in the in the press box. I remember having to sit kind of side saddle like this because Blackie Sherrod was next to me, and we couldn't put our shoulders across from each other. There was not enough room, right? Oh, it was the it it was a great view, but the worst press box. Ever. I love the RFK Stadium. Out of all of the uh, away stadiums, uh, God, I love that road game itself. Just being uh, in the nation's capital was always pretty cool feeling, and of course the rivalry. But uh, of course, the thing about RFK was the the end zone uh, stadium, the end zone seats. You know, whenever they get rocking at RFK Stadium and the Hogs were working and Riggins was going well, they would they would make it sway. It was it was almost as if it, it wasn't. I don't know how they did it, but the the fans would they would make the end zone sta- seats uh, sway a little bit. It almost had a little rocking effect to it. That's because they were portable stands. Ah. Like they moved them in there just for that. Yeah. 
You know what? And and I know people. <laughs> it was the best nickname ever that Skip Bayless came up with. RFK, rickety field for knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! We're giving Skip Bayless credit, huh? On this show, this very, very, very appropriate. <laughs> And then, okay, let me uh, correct us right off the top here because the uh, in 89, the Washington football team was not the defending Super Bowl okay. champions. They were coming off a 7-9 and nine season. They won the Super Bowl in the 87 ah, season. Oh, uh, uh, they so won the strike go. season. Yeah, That's right. right. So that doesn't really count, does it? Oh, you, oh, oh it counted like for one thing? victory, though. It's like the NBA <laughs> bubble, right? It's, we're going to put an asterisk on that? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, well, here on Pro Football Reference, it has an asterisk right by it there. And then, of course, they won the Super Bowl in 91. And, of course, Everson, I don't know if you realize this or not, but Mickey wrote a book at one point on the rivalry between Dallas and Washington. Nice, Pat. We did it it in uh, 1997, right? And it was the first time in, like, forever that neither team qualified for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. It's like, and, and, what do you think that, that did for the, book sales? <laughs> and, and ever said that was the kiss of death for the rivalry, Mickey writing a book about it. Because how many times has neither team made the playoffs in the last 23 oh years since God. you wrote the book, Mickey? Way to go, Spags. Way to go, baby. Well, Washington, probably, what do you think? Washington's made it maybe twice, well, three times? Well, I can tell you exactly how many times. They made it in 99 they mm-hmm. lost in the division round. They made it in 2005, lost in the division round. Lost wild card in 07. And 2012, they lost a wild card. And because they beat the in Cowboys 20, in the final game of the season. 2015, lost a wild card game. So, uh, so you're they, telling me they haven't won a playoff game since 05? Wow. Let me, let me check the 05 season to see if they got a first round bye. They were 10 and 6, so they probably had count. to play a wild card game. Uh, yes, they won a wild card game over Tampa Bay, but that doesn't count. It was Tampa Bay. No, Tampa Bay was good. But... <laughs> We've got our own discerning asterisks over here on this show. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So that 05 was the last time that Washington won a playoff game. And prior to that, in 99, they did finish first in the division in 99. Let's see if they won a playoff game. Yes, they beat Detroit. Well, that didn't count either. <laughs> so you think <laughs> Detroit. So, so you, you figure the last time both teams went to the playoffs was 99? Well, let's think about the – okay, oh, uh, 15, Cowboys did not. Right. 12, Cowboys did not. Right. Oh, 07, Cowboys did. Right, they so were in 07. They both made the playoffs, and but Cowboys didn't win a playoff game. Neither did Washington. Oh five, no, for the Cowboys. Um, and they 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 won a wild card. Washington did in 05. In ninety nine, then yeah, ninety nine. And prior to that, for Washington, it was ninety two was the last time they made the playoffs. It's not a really uh, storied tradition since 1992, since they last won a Super Bowl in 91, really, since I, for hey, Washington. Since I left the Cowboys, that's what it is. I, I am the common denominator there, guys. 
That's right. what you got to Of course, they're so, doing so, a talk show in Washington <laughs> right now saying it hasn't been a storied tradition for the Cowboys <laughs> since they last went to the Super Bowl either. <laughs> I was uh, I was on with one of the radio guys this morning from Washington, D.C., and uh, he was like, they played all this, and I didn't realize what they were doing, but they were playing old cuts from guys talking about the rivalry. And I was like, what are they talking about? This thing's dead. No one even knows it. And then when it was it was from, you know, like 20 years ago. But uh, the guy was, the, the, the host, Kevin, was saying that he asked the uh, Kyle Allen about the rivalry, and he got this stare like, what are you talking about? Got it? <laughs> There, there was a rivalry between the Redskins and the Cowboys. Wow. Well, think about it. Kyle Allen Kyle Allen was born. He's 24 years old. Okay. And so... So he was born in 96? Yeah, after the Cowboys last went to a Super Bowl. That was when he was born. That was born. right around the time the book was written, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there, once again, what was the name of that book? Who cares? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the name America's of it. Who rivalry. cares? Redskins, Cowboys, yeah, right? Wait, I've got Who one. Cares? He's gonna put it. You want me to go grab it? I got it back here. <laughs> He's got it on his bookshelf. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. They all didn't sell. <laughs> And he he's gonna write he's an got addendum a whole to garage it. He's full gonna, of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now nah, there's about seven nah, left. That's it. Tough. So if you want one, I'll sign. <laughs> oh yes, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mickey, let's uh, get up to speed on the uh, news going on at the Star in Frisco, and the biggest news, I guess, coming out of Mike McCarthy's press conference and Jerry Jones talking on the radio this morning is that it. Looks like uh, the Cowboys are going to be missing another Pro Bowl uh, starter on the offensive line as Zach Martin, not out of concussion protocol, doesn't look like. Yeah, that was pretty predictable, I think, when he didn't practice the previous two days. And you know it takes a couple days to uh, pass all the protocols you have to do to come out of that. Uh, So, yeah, Connor McGovern uh, most likely – uh, it sounded like almost 100% that he's your starting guard. Uh, they still didn't come clean on the on the left tackle position. Uh, the way Connor Williams talked yesterday, it sounded like Cam, uh, Cam Irving was uh, practicing there, uh, and, and Mike McCarthy didn't want to say. Uh, so it's either him or uh, Greg Sanat at left tackle. So. Uh, here, here's what happened last night. I don't know if you guys watched the Thursday night uh, football game, the Giants and the Eagles. Uh, I swear Joe Buck must have said at least three times uh, that, oh boy, the poor Eagles, their offensive line is so beat up. They, this is the sixth time they're starting a different combination. Well, how about this? If, if we get past the one snap Joe Looney played against Cleveland, when Tyler Biotish had to take over one snap uh, into the game. This is the sixth time the Cowboys will have a different combination on their starting offensive line. So I wonder whoever's doing the game on Sunday needs to make a big point of that. Well, not only that, uh, the difference between the Cowboys and the, and the Eagles, even more of a difference is they still have their quarterback. We don't. So, you right. know, you want to start throwing out. And the other... And the other difference is the Cowboys were losing Pro Bowl players. Uh, I don't think the Eagles were. By the no, way. they still have they still have their center. They have they still have him. They do. He's playing well. That's about it. 
Well, that that's not going to bode well for Don Terry Poe, then. <laughs> Nothing has boded, boded well for Don Terry Poe throughout the entire season. So let's that's okay. Par for the course right now. So, Mickey, how much patience do you think they have for the Don Terry Poe? Well, all I know is Mike Nolan in his conference call uh, this morning, uh, he, he was asked about the 69-yard touchdown run, the the reference being, did your defense give up, right? And And he goes, I'm not sure how that happened because we had more guys in the middle of the thing. He goes, have you looked at it? So as he was talking, I went and looked at it. The guy's... The Cowboys had nine guys in the box. Nine! Mm-hmm. And he ran right through them. And, and, and it's like, how did it happen? Well, let me tell you how it happened. Don Terry Poe got walked right out of the middle of the field and left this big gap, about as big as he is, right in the middle. The the uh, uh, offensive guards on the other side, they went two tight ends, were able to come off and pick off the linebackers, and both safeties picked the wrong gap both of them and there was nobody there and it wasn't like they gave up they just got blocked and and, and so again when we talk about this defense it's just the mistakes they're making that had nothing to do with the scheme it had nothing to do with coaching right just do what you're supposed to do don't get washed out of the play that's what i was talking about uh, yesterday uh i keep forgetting the guy don is it donovan wilson is that his name Yes. Donovan yes, Wilson uh, came. He, he could have been the one to hold that yes, to a, yes. a, an eight-yard, at the most, an eight-yard carry. And for some reason, he runs up and tries to fit his head into a crease that did not exist. To his left. He ran into three his, of his own teammates. To, yes. <laughs> to his left was the hole itself, and it was huge. If all he had to do was keep his eyes open and be patient, waiting for the back to to pick the hole. That's what we talked about yesterday. The safety has to pick the hole just like the running back has to pick the hole so that he can meet him in the hole. That did not happen. The guy would have ran right to him. Right into him. Right into him. What can you say? So, Mickey, let me ask you this. All right, so... Uh, what are the Cowboys, What are, with all the injuries the Cowboys have had on offense, not as many on defense, but they've had some on defense as well, but they got Vander Esch back now. How much does, the next, does this game and the next game against Philadelphia determine the immediate uh, expectations and future of this organization leading up to the trade deadline and trying to determine in a weak division – Okay, do they try to go get a veteran guy, like maybe a veteran safety, to try to shore up that position, or do they continue with what they have at that position? And I'm not talking Earl Thomas there. I'm talking about a reasonable guy that can fit a veteran guy who you can depend on to play run defense. Well, if if I was going to do that, then it it would be a defensive tackle. Uh, I think that's where they need to shore things up. I'm, it, yeah, I'm just saying any position. Are, yeah. are they in? A, are they trying to determine? All right, do, we're in a we're in no man's land right now. I know. 
And Jerry answered the question today because he was asked on his radio segment, uh, are you adding or are you subtracting? And he says, oh, no, we would add. So the, the, the reference was, we're not selling off. This isn't baseball, like getting rid of guys to try to pick up extra draft choices. Uh, but he said, but, he goes, it has to be something that uh, obviously makes sense uh, and, and not give up a bunch of draft choices. So it's like I think the name the other day came up, Quentin Williams. The Jets seem to be selling everybody off. Uh He's got some off-the-field problems, too. I don't know if you want to mess with, with that guy. And supposedly the Jets want a second for him. And I was thinking, well, good luck with all that, right? Uh, so, yeah, I, I think if something was right, uh, I, I just don't see them making like a desperation move for one guy because they're not just one <laughs> guy away. You are so right. And, and, as we <laughs> talked about, and as we talked about yesterday, if anybody's got a credible offensive lineman, they're not unloading the guy because the, 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 they'll need a backup, right? We, we talked about the offensive line yesterday, how they're going to line up. What happens if one of those guys get hurt? What are you coming in with? Like, they've got to bring Marcus Henry off the practice squad to be a backup center. Um if Cam Irving actually plays for the since the first game when he got rolled up on, he hadn't had an offensive snap by the way. He got hurt in special teams. Uh, then Greg Sinat's the next tackle. Um, I'm not sure who the next guard is. Tell you the truth, I'd have to grab my my depth chart uh, to see who's the backup guard. Bill's on it. Don't worry about it. Come on, Bill. Spit it out, baby. Who is it? <laughs> uh, we're up against a break. I'll give I'll give Mickey a chance. I'll give Mickey a chance to find it. We're up against a break, but uh, anyway, I, I do think it is interesting, and it kind of it, not only from a standpoint of competing for a division and a playoff spot. The next two games are critical uh, along those lines, but also I think just figuring out. All right, is this just a rebuild, or is there something tangible to be had? If they win the next two, obviously there's something tangible to be had here. If they lose the next two, then you're two and six, mm. and, you know, there you go. That's right. All right, we'll by the, by with... the way, I've got the answer. <laughs> okay, you'll give it to us after this break. you got to okay. stay tuned. Okay, Ooh, stay tuned. This I can't wait. Elling coming up here on Mix Shots. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on Autodata Compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back, Help your fellow Cowboys Nation fans in their fight against cancer by purchasing Dallas Cowboys <coughs> Crucial Catch gear. Support a great cause and look good doing it. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop.dallascowboys.com. It's not easy to say, is it? <laughs> he had, he, had, he finally got it right. That's his first time in a week. <laughs> I read it like it's like it's uh, spelled out there. Shop dot com. Okay, there it, there it is. All right, uh, Mickey. Yes. You have the answer to our trivia question that was posed <laughs> prior question. to the break, and that trivia question is: Who is the backup? Offensive guard on this team, is that what the question was? It was, and on the depth chart for this week, before they knew anything, it was Connor McGovern. But he's he's got to start. So my guess is uh, Henry, Marcus Henry, is going to be the swing guy, the backup center and guard. How about a practice squad possibility? Not one guard is listed on the practice squad. Did they get rid of Adam Redman? No, but I don't know if he's eligible yet. Because they, they, signed him, got- they signed him to the practice squad, but I don't know if he made it through the six-day protocol. Now, I've got it. When I listed him as being signed to the practice squad, I put down October 12th. So next to it, which would mean he is... He's gone. So maybe right he's now. maybe he's eligible now. Yeah, right. So they could bring him up because actually he's done both, and 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 Marcus Henry actually in training camp played guard center too. So yeah. we'll okay. see. Which I I forgot about him because they don't. They, I didn't and see it, him listed on the on the uh, depth chart that I had here. And then uh, the other thing that they did this week is they protected Jordan Mills on the practice on the practice squad. So a team cannot right. come. Uh, uh, pick him off their practice squad. So, and and if you're not unfamiliar with the rules on that, the teams can protect four practice squad guys each week. Uh, it changes from week to week. They can protect four guys. So, yeah, I know. I I glossed over Redmond's name because they had him listed as a center, but he can do both. Okay. So he's and he's got player. more experience than Marcus Henry does. I think also. Yeah. No. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, here's the other thing that I was thinking about before the show today. All right, if you would, uh, let's say when they made the coaching change and Jason Garrett's let go, Mike McCarthy hired, if you would have told him that you're going into the seventh week of the season against Washington 
and you are not going to have Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, <laughs> Lyle Collins, Blake Jarwin, or Dak Prescott on your offense. What do you think the chances are you're going to win that football game? I don't care whether you're playing Washington or anybody. I, I think if you would have told Mike Mike McCarthy that before he took the job, he would have said, I pass. <laughs> That's one of those things, you know what, I used to joke with. Uh, I used to joke with Jason Garrett when, when things like this would happen, and I, I, I would look at him, and we would do our, our Friday uh, pregame radio interview. Uh, we would tape it, and I'd, I'd look at him, i go, So, you wanted to be a head coach, didn't you? <laughs> So what? I wonder. Yeah, sure McCarthy's probably thinking, did did I really want to come back and do this? <laughs> I, I still have to wonder uh, how many Jason Garrett fans out there are still out there as uh, cowboy fans, and uh, if they're calling for um, McCarthy's head, you know what I mean? The way those uh, the way those fans back in the day were calling for Jason Garrett's head. It's just amazing to see that we're having the same problems regardless of who is the head coach. Uh, early on in the season, man, I was giving Will McClay so much love, which I still do. Uh, it seems like all the, the moves have been made. Uh, even with the injuries that we've had, I'm still kind of surprised at the ineptness of the relationship between the coaches and the players. That is something, from Mike McCarthy's standpoint, I didn't think we'd ever have. Of course, he had issues with uh, Brett Favre. I'm sorry, uh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron That's Rodgers. a given. That's a given. He's, he's you know, he's, he's, he's Aaron Rodgers. But uh, I thought that here that would be more of a, uh, 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 I don't know, how can I say, professional. Uh, honeymoon. Uh, yeah, well, no, <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I knew it was going to be some issues. But I thought that we would go into this thing having the same success that McCarthy had in Green Bay. I just assumed that same professionalism, that same uh, uh, non-controversial career, you know, would be here. I wanted, to, I want, I wanted him to douse all of that uh, hyperbole that Jerry Jones gives us all the time. You know, that's what I wanted from him, and still be winning and consistent. I just haven't seen it yet. Has there been? Has there been ever a Cowboys head coach that the people, the fans, haven't called for his head? Ever? Yes. I mean, you didn't have social media. Tom, you didn't have Tom, social Tom media back in the 70s, but yeah, I mean, there was a few. They were trying to run Tom out those first five seasons, right? Yeah. Get rid of this guy. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> uh, Jimmy... The first year, right? This is the guy you hired, and we go one in fifteen. We know what happened with Switzer. <laughs> it happened with Daly. It happened with Campbell. Maybe Parcells got through it. I don't know. Maybe Parcells got through it, but certainly Wade Wilson. I mean, Wade Wade Phillips certainly caught caught grief. And and and, and, we know and what look happened what happened to Bill Parcells. He got run out of town after doing something amazing with the with the uh, under talented. Overachieving ball club, so yeah, that. Well, he actually he actually decided he didn't want to go through it anymore. Yeah, he didn't want to go through it anymore because he's never been through any crap like this. To where coaches are afraid of him, the coaches are complaining to the owner that he's too tough on them. So yeah, to me, 
uh, he was like, maybe I should go before I'm kicked out. So it was the same thing. He actually he actually couldn't deal with the loss that they suffered in Seattle. And he didn't want to come back and go through it again. Man, what a loss. I, I, I <laughs> what think, a loss. I think that one just, just drained the energy out of him at, at his age. But everybody, every coach, no coach has been through here that hasn't caught grief. It, 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 it's part of it's just like a, a Cowboys quarterback, right? None of Roger might be the only one that escaped grief. Maybe. Well, it took him a while. Well, it took that, a long while. No one was accustomed to uh, his style of play. Yeah, if I recall, I was a young kid, and I remember uh, everyone was complaining that he scrambled too much. Right. And that was also what Tom Landry's problem was with him as well. Uh, he wanted him to be a classic pocket-passing quarterback, and that's why he didn't give him a job right away. Uh, I mean, if it, if it drives you to uh, alternate possessions or alternate downs, <laughs> no, please give me a break. Play. That is the worst move by a future Hall of Fame coach I think I've ever heard of. But we all survived. We all survived. And even that year, they, he finally made the decision on Roger. And what happened? They won every game the rest That's of the year. Right. And all the way to the Super Bowl. So he, he, you know? he delayed his own success. Because of, you know, because of a philosophy. But that's, that's the way head coaches are. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. You know, the other thing on Parcells is, uh, not, well, number one, he had already had skins on the wall, had a Hall of Fame resume. But uh, it was still up and down in his four years here. Uh, you know, up makes it the playoffs the first year, then down the next year, whatever. Uh, but what also won him points with the fans, I think, and the media, is the way he conducted his press conferences. <laughs> I mean, he had control of the message, you know, and he was he his press conferences were great as far as telling story. He gave the media what they want, you know, which is good stuff to write about and, and so forth. He was in had a commanding presence and so forth, uh, and so. <clears throat> He, that's going to win you some points. There, and there aren't a lot of coaches in this league at all. There aren't many at all that are like that, that, uh, that put it. And he just did it naturally. That was just his personality. It came easy to him. Uh, and, it, and some of it would be jabs at the media members and whatever. But uh, I, I used to love just listening to him talk at his press conferences. And I think that a lot of fans are probably like that too. That scored him some points. It was it was must listen radio. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. guarantee you that. You know, in the what one of the first time I I, I saw his act, it, it had to be. It was probably it might have been that '86 season. Um, I, I I was sent to uh, New York to do stories on on the Giants before the before the game, and uh, he would have this big. It, it, the media all sat in this one room. It was a big, long table. It was like one of those King Arthur tables. <laughs> I think that's what they call the it. The round right? table. And Bill would, it, Bill would sit at the head of the table, and everybody was in there, and they would all just kind of swoon over, uh, over Bill. You know, and, and he would come in, and here's how he start the press conference. I'll never forget this. He sits down. He looked at one of the reporters, and he looked at him and said, are you serious? You you wrote that story that way? 
He goes, why didn't you talk to me about it? You, you got it all wrong. And I'm going, oh, my, this is great, right? But those guys, they were, they were eating out of his hands, right? He, he just conducted the whole thing like like it was the Godfather, right? And he had all his minions. In it, it was like, it, it, was, it reminded me of what we had uh, with this Corona thing when Mayor Cuomo had uh, the whole nation's attention with his briefs early on uh, during this pandemic. Uh, and that was also like must-see TV because it, he was always unapologetic in everything that, that he's done. I'm talking about uh, Coach Parcells. And it's like Bill said, uh, he's got the pelts already. So anything he says, it comes from a point, a place of credibility. So that's one thing that he always had. And, of course, having that New Jersey style down here in, in the south in Dallas, Texas, I thought it was, it was, it was like having... I don't know, pistachios on scrambled eggs or something. It just didn't fit. But, it, but you know, it worked. But he made it work. <laughs> he looked at me. I was in the locker room waiting for Phil Sims to do an interview. And he looked at me and goes, what are you doing here? And so I told him who I was. And I go, well, who do you want to talk to? And I said, oh, I'm waiting for Phil Sims. He goes, oh. It must have smart reporters in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? Take the, and we're probably up against another break here. But I'll take that to the locker room, too, as far as players go. And I think you'll find on successful professional sports teams, let's take football, for instance, you will find guys with that type personality, players in a locker room, who will have that kind of relationship with the media where they'll call them out, whatever. Uh, or they'll, it's a good relationship. It's a good give right. and take, whatever. You saw it on the 90s Cowboys uh, with the several players on that team. The Everson's Cowboys in the 80s were the same way, the 70s Cowboys. I don't know how much we see that on the current crop of Cowboys. Of course, this is a strange year because we don't have any interactions with them at all this year. But uh, having those, I, I think that's a sign of some leadership qualities there. And it's an A personality that, uh, that translates into confidence and it builds in a room and so forth. Dak has that uh, ability. I mean, he's got that, those leadership qualities about him. But I think the Cowboys could use more personalities like that. See, the thing with Bill is he wasn't afraid of conflict. If, mm -hmm. if he had to say something to somebody, he said it. And matter of fact, Mike McCarthy... I think he said it yesterday when he was uh, answering questions about uh, supposedly a player or two criticizing the coaching staff. And he goes, I don't have a – he says, you need conflict. I don't have a problem with conflict uh, whatsoever. And, and I remember Bill talking about that all the time, that, you know, you had to have conflict. Uh, and he would he would perpetuate it, right, to the point where I remember him saying one day, he goes, you know what, if you've got a coach on your staff and it's just not working and you're spending more time worrying about that coach than you are about the stuff you're doing, you got to get rid of him. Get him out of the room because he, he your energy is all going the wrong way. One thing, so one thing that, about, that's the way he was. One thing about Parcells, Parcells was good at micromanaging. That's what I liked about him. He would not leave anything to chance. I recall we were on a 10-0 run. I'm on the best defense in the NFL, uh, probably the best defense the Giants have ever had, which is saying a lot. And I'm back there most of the time in, in some ball games during that stretch. We were so good. Our front seven did so well. I had nothing to do. And so 
Parcells must have seen that, or Belichick saw it. Parcells sends Belichick to talk to me. And he says, look, you need to do better. I said, better what? I don't know, but you need to do better. And that's it. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of lighting the fire under you, right? Okay, you need to do better. All right, okay, so I'm running up to the pile now. I'm, I mean, I'm extra on everything I do, but it made me more alert in everything. So, as a player, I appreciated that because, you know, he made him come to me in private. And that's something where we had that connection. So, that's the way he does it. That's the way he micromanages. But you have to have an art to that. And Parcells had it. And, and you uh, know what? And he and he loved it if you came back at him, too. If you would give yeah, him grief right. about something, he just thought that was... I, I remember one day he, he was working out. He was on his elliptical in there. And he came out of the weight room, and, and, and uh, he, his gray sweatshirt was all discolored because of sweat, right? And I looked at him. I go, Bill, what'd you do? Hose yourself down? <laughs> he goes, oh, I was on the... For so... And, and he goes... Do you work out? You you should try it sometime. He, he, had, he had a great sense of humor and, and extremely thick skin. That's what I like about it. Thick skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right, we're up against a break. There, there's one other guy that relates to this conversation that I had dealings with in baseball. That was Will Clark in the Rangers clubhouse. He knew everything that was going on, and they called him a sheriff, and all teams can use a sheriff in their Mississippi room State. Their Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State. That's right. right, Exactly. All right, we continue with more mix shots. Our picks to click when we come back. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Lite together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, back. To mixed shots. Oh, 
Unified welterweight world champion Errol the Truth Spence Jr. will duel two-division world champion Danny Swift Garcia in a blockbuster main event on Saturday, December 5th at at and Stadium. Get your tickets now before they sell out at SeatGeek.com. I want that one. I want to go to that game. I want to go to that fight. Yeah. I want to see that fight. Yeah, great to see Errol Spence back after that horrible uh, car yeah. accident that he was in. And so that's, that's this, something. This is be his first fight back, right? Saturday, December 5th at AT&T Stadium. Danny right. Garcia is no okay. joke, brother. There you go. Um, all right, we got our uh, picks here. We got about five minutes left in the show. Um, taking on this Washington football team, and the and the biggest uh, matchup I think you look at is the Cowboys' makeshift at best offensive line mm. against what is the strength of the Washington team. Uh, those guys on the defensive line, they've invested heavily in them with four number one draft picks the last four years, plus Ryan Kerrigan, another one. Uh, they can sprinkle in. Uh, so, Everson, let's start with you. What, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that the Cowboys are going to have some issues, more issues than usual, in regards to finishing drives. I think the red zone, they're going to be having some problems. Uh, I look for them still to win, as you guys know, every every week. That's my deal. I see the score of 23-14. to 14. Uh, the field goals are going to be a plenty, uh, and my pick to click. He did a great job last week, and it, it went undetected because the game was just so bad. But there was a reason that D Hop only had uh, one big reception in the ball game on Monday. I thought that Trayvon Diggs was doing an excellent job. I'm hoping that uh, in this game it will culminate in uh, him uh, playing well again. And also, I'm, I'm looking for him to get his first pick in this particular ball game. They're going to come at him. He'll probably be on Lauren. Uh, is it McLaurin? Or McLaurin? I can't remember how you say his name. Terry, Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I'll be on Terry yeah. McLaurin, and if he is, he's going to get a lot of action. Uh, I, know, I almost picked Zeke because Zeke is going to be out for revenge. But uh, I think Diggs is going to be a guy that uh, is going to be very prominent in this ball game. He has no choice. Oh no, he's going to be on on the man. Might I was going to tell you he was concerned for the for the uh, Washington team. I, I was going right, to tell Everson if he doesn't get it this week, he'll get it next week if Carson Wentz throws more Ooh. passes like he did last night <laughs> across the field, across his body, deep. Yes. Right? So he he was very fortunate. All right, I picked Zeke last week, and unfortunately, my yeah, it was horrible. Too well, <laughs> uh, but I also got twenty three Cowboys. Uh, Washington twenty. Uh, twenty is the most I think. Twenty three twenty. They've they the most they've scored in their five losses, I believe, in a row. Uh, so twenty three twenty, and my pick to click, Leighton Vanderish is going to be rounding in the form. There you go. All right. Yeah, I like that. Um, boy, when I when, again when I look at hey, is this a pick? Is this a pick'em game? Did they even put a line on this game? I haven't even seen what it is. I don't know. Uh, shows how much I pay attention. Uh, I'm sure our producer Chris Beam will tell us he's got one point. Cowboys are one point favorite. Cowboys one point favorite. Okay. 
Because last right, night that's was a the case, pick em if, game, I think. If they're one-point favorites, then I'll pick them to win by one that's point. Right. <laughs> How's that? I'll go uh, 24-23. And uh, I'm with you, Everson, on Zeke being the uh, – that's my pick to click, and I think it's obvious because he the type player that he is, and that uh, is atypical what uh, the week that he's had. Uh, I think he, he'll respond. And uh, the interesting thing, I just want to see a game where they don't turn the ball over so many times in the first half and fall behind by 21 points so we can see what Kellen Moore's strategy really is on uh, as a play caller uh, this season. Because, uh, you know, he's been pass happy by necessity uh, so far this year because they've fallen behind by so much. And I want to see, okay, let, let, let's settle this game down, not turn the ball over, and let's see how much they rely on the run. And you almost got it. You almost got it Monday night, right? The first quarter. They, they had three, forced three punts in a row. And then yep. the, uh, the storm. The, but the, the problem with, the problem Zeke, with, the problem with Zeke that I saw, and as you look at I think it was his second fumble. You know, these guys are coming at it. And anytime a running back yes. fumbles, the first thing that happens is there's a jarring hit that kind of, you know, shakes you a little bit. And then immediately following that, there's something else that happens, another collision with another player or another swipe of the arm that comes immediately after that jarring hit. And that happens with Zeke more than once. I would imagine any running back because you're running, the, you're trying to run the ball, you're going through the hole, your tight end does not get a block. That linebacker came off that tight end and blasted Zeke. And that kind of, it, it leads to other problems. So what you want to try and do is make sure your running back doesn't take any flush hits that he doesn't see coming. He did not see that, 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 uh, that blow coming from his peripheral. And uh, that's because, if I'm not mistaken, the tight end totally missed on his block and got his running back blasted. And that's Everson, why. you just you just explained why the Cowboys aren't getting any takeaways as far as forced fumbles because, in order to do what you said you had to do, you got you have to get more than one that's person right. to the ball. That's right. And the Cowboys are having a hard time getting that one person to the ball, much less two <laughs> or three to knock it out. Which is why they need two tight ends on the field. Ah, interesting. All right. Very good. Get that belldozer out there. That's right. All right. Belldozer. All right. That does it for another week of mixed shots, and uh, we've all got the Cowboys winning and moving back into first place in the NFC East. Yes. If they can get by this Washington football team on Sunday. All right. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll you see you on Bill Monday guy. at 1.30. Cowboys. Okay. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!